glory. We need more of him, don't we? Every area. I want us to make it a practice to try to go 24 hours in his presence. Well, as long as you're sleeping, when you go, <laughs> I mean, as long as you're awake, whether that be 12 or 16 hours, try to stay conscious of his presence. I think it was John G. Lake that said that he never prays more than 10 minutes, but he never goes 10 minutes without praying. That's how he was able to do those feats, those great accomplishments. He was always conscious of the Father's presence. He was always conscious of the Holy Spirit. He made sure that he stayed in tune with it. Right now, it's several radio stations playing. Right now, it's several radio stations playing all over the world. But if you're not tuned into it, you can't hear it. Okay. Frequencies, air, all those things just pretty much emulate spirit. It's something you can't see. You can feel it. You know it's there. You can actually tune into it. You could be in another country, <laughs> okay? That's how powerful those frequencies are. So with us doing this series on uh, works of the Holy Spirit, what it has done for me, it has made me addicted to his presence, anything I can read. You find me a book that talks about his presence. You find me information, content, I'm going to read it. Because as the scripture says, it's in his presence that we have fullness of joy. So now what does it mean when we're out of his presence? It explains. Amen? It explains the despondency. It explains the morose way of thinking. It explains how, how we get lethargic, how we get weary. The Bible says don't get weary in well-doing. It explains it. It's when we get outside of his presence. And so I have a couple of scriptures I want to read. First scripture being Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. And it says, you reveal the path of life to me. Then it says, in your presence is what? Abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. Psalm 17 and 8 says, protect me as the pupil of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. He said, hide me. A lot of y'all don't understand that right now, the reason why the world isn't seeing you, um, whether it's your talents, your gifts, your abilities, is because the Father has you hidden. He's hiding you. Years in ministry, I wonder why he wouldn't bring me to the forefront. But come to find out, he was hiding me. Sometimes he hides you because it's just not your time. Okay? Sometimes he hides you because he's protecting you. It was a lot of religious organizations I wanted to be shoulder to shoulder with them. But come to find out, he had a greater thing for me to do. He had a personal assignment for me. And so he hid me when I wanted to be exposed, when I wanted to be acknowledged, when I wanted to be seen, he hid me. What was he doing? He was protecting me. 
he was protecting me as his eye. He says, protect me as the pupil of your eye. Now, you know. <laughs> it says, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalms 23 and 5. One we all familiar with. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So he said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, he's preparing a table. Now, you got to get the visual behind this because the word before me and the word presence, um, the word before me is another word for presence. When you read the word presence of my enemy, it's talking about location. But there's another word, I forget the Greek, I want to get the Greek out, panem, uh, in which he says, you prepared a table before me. So what he's letting us know is that he put a table in between him and us. And he sat us at the table. You've seen the movies where you, those, especially those uh, um, coming to America, y'all, everybody's seen that, right? Where they're sitting all the way down there and he prepared a table before him. So he, we're sitting at the table, but we're looking at our heavenly father. He prepared a table before us. Before he prepared a table before us. He put us in his presence and it's a kingly table. And we anytime you're dealing with tables, what you're dealing with is your reward. Everything that belongs to you is on that table. He prepares the table before him in between us is because he needs us to look to him at all times. Now, the table is before him, but it's in the presence of our enemies. Okay, so we're sitting at a table looking at our heavenly father and all the things that he has for us, because that's how he wants us to pay attention. If you look up the word table in here, it says kingly table. So it ain't one of those Walmart card tables. But he prepares the table before him in the presence of our enemies. So it's as if he wants us to pay attention to everything I have for you, but the enemies aren't in front of us, they're behind us. You just don't need to worry about them. So if you get the visual, we're before our Heavenly Father, he's showing us this is my predestined purpose for you, this is everything I have for you, and your enemy's watching you. They're going to watch me do this. <laughs> but the thing is, is it's in his presence. It's in his presence. The table is in his presence. A lot of times we try to switch it and show the enemy the table. We don't have to show people, just like the arm of God. All, everything that protects us is to go forward. Nothing is to, for us to retaliate. Back, we don't need to cover our back. We don't need to watch out for Satan. If we stay in his presence, he needs to watch out for us. If we stay at that table long enough, Satan needs to watch out for us. That's why the Bible lets you know he's as a roaring lion. Don't turn around. Stay at the table. He's as a roaring lion. He's seeking who he can devour. He can't devour you if you don't give him no attention. He can't devour you if you stay in the Father's presence. So everything we do, we want to make sure that we're sitting at that table before our Heavenly Father. And then... It says, you anoint my head with oil. Now, that is all predicated on you staying at the table. 
in, in his presence. Then he says, my cup overflows. Psalms 91 and 1. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. So he who dwells in the secret place, dwell, that's a living place. He who dwells stays there, not in and out. You know, double dutch. He who stays there, who dwells there. He said, if you dwell in a secret place. Now, Jesus talked to us about the secret place. Amen. He said, if you stay in the secret place of the most high, which is his presence. If you stay there, he said, you will live under my shadow. Now, in these four scriptures, we talked about presence. But we also talked about shadow. Still the same thing as presence. Under his wings, protection, shelter. All these things speak to presence. Now, when we're talking about his presence, presence means, refers to a person. Or in scripture, it refers to his face. So when we're in his presence, we're in, we're in his face. We're face to face with him. He told the prophets, he said, with Moses, I speak face to face. He said, but to y'all, I speak a totally different way. As children of God, we can enter into his presence and always be face to face. So what we're going to talk about for today for a little while, it ain't going to take much um, uh, to get us to that place, is practicing presence. That's what we want to talk about, practicing presence. Because we want to practice this thing. We want to practice staying in his presence. We want to practice. In order for us to practice, it's something that we, got, we have to intentionally do every day. Watch this, with the mindset that I'm going to get better at it. That's why you have to have it in your belly. No matter what you're going through, you have to have, Father, I want more of you. Come, Holy Spirit, rest on me. We have the privilege and honor of doing that. We don't do it. Frustrated, we'll sit there. Am I right on my line? Am I wrong, right or wrong? Thumbs up, thumbs down. We will remain frustrated. We don't understand, we don't know, but we won't seek his presence. We'll call everybody. <laughs> we'll text people. When we can get into the presence of our heavenly father, who, as Terry said, is everywhere at one time. Now, people can't be everywhere at one time. Even with phones, you can call people and a signal can't get them. You can text people. I got a text from somebody. And when I text them back, they told me they text me two days ago. I said, I just got the text. <laughs> I just got the text. But with our Heavenly Father, it does not have to be like that. So in Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So whatever presence we dwell in, we automatically 
abide under the shadow of it. Okay, whatever presence, <clears throat> whatever presence, whether it be a student with a teacher, whether it be a parent with a child, or even professionally speaking, whoever trains you, if you are under their presence, then the information that they give you will be the thing that makes you. If you sit in a classroom as a student and listen to a teacher, you come away with everything that teacher has, even when you're not in their presence. As a parent, and I can speak to this, <clears throat> if a child adheres to the parent's advice, even when they're out of the parent's presence, come on, they will get the same results. Now, Jesus talked to us about the secret place. He told us, look, you can go into the secret place. Now, this is not Old Testament. This is New Testament. He said, you can get into the secret place. And when you get into that secret place, Jesus told us our father would be there. He said our father would be there. So our secret place time has to be converted into us abiding under Abba's shadow. So we spend time in his presence. And that time that we spend in his presence, we're supposed to leave the secret place, the place of our prayer, and carry that with us wherever we go. Because we have been in that secret place, we're supposed to be able to hear better according to his household. Come on, kids hear and see according to the household they grow up in. Our actions, our reactions should solely be based on the household that we grew up in. If you have hot tempered parents and you, you hot tempered too. <laughs> if you have calm, relaxing parents or even mentors, you somehow begin to take on the same thing. So our secret time is supposed to be converted to us living in his shadow. I was watching Papa one day. Somebody went to speak to him and he ran under Ola's leg. Until she said, it's okay. Come on. That's how it is. You don't know. Get in the presence of your father until he say, that's okay. Even, I don't know how my kids do this. I can't do this. We on family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We on family vacation. Should I say this? Yeah. I'm doing 95 miles per hour. I mean 90. Okay, 85. 95 miles per hour. Okay. And all of them in the car sleep. They all in the sleep. Wake up slobbing. We there yet? <laughs> no, they go right back to sleep. I, me, Dr. Hardy wake up every now and then. You okay? No intention to help me drive. Okay, she just won't know if I'm okay. You do it too? She, all the time? But that's what presence does. When you're in the presence of somebody you trust, and you know that they love you, you just go to sleep until you get there. 
This is what the Father's trying to do with us. He's trying to get us to a place where we trust him so much that we sit back and we're like, how did I even get here? How did I even, how did I get here? I tell people all the time, I don't know when the light switched. I don't know when I went from Chicago hood to who I am now. I, I don't know when it switched. I just went for the ride. I just knew I wanted to be better and I held on to the vision. Didn't even know him as a father. I just knew this one thing, I want to be better than this. I seen the men around me, I, I didn't want to be like that. I didn't know how to be it, but all we have to do is stay in his presence long enough and trust me, the answer comes. The answer comes. I was riding down the street uh, with my son the other day and I was just thinking, he just turned 17 Wednesday. And I was thinking about how that cultivated relationship into the place where now he's 17 years old. And the expectation that we have for him to be a man is that he's been in the presence of a man, men, for 17 years. 17 years, you've been in the presence of a father. You've been in the presence of men. That's why it's good to raise your children in a spiritual environment because you, you don't just have one person. Even if you fall short as a parent, there's others that will help pick you up. I tell people all the time, they want to know, how, how did you get your wife like that? I kept her in the presence, even if it was religious. It was better than the world. I kept her in the presence. And in that presence, first lady will correct her. Don't talk to your husband like that. They will have classes. They will have all these different things to help us as husbands and to help them as, as wives. But it only happens in this environment. This is just as much as God's presence as when you are alone. So he has a responsibility or when, we, when I look to him, my expectation of him to be a certain place or become a certain thing is based on the fact you have been in my presence for 17 years. I've been barking. I've been yelling. I've been screaming. I've been correcting. I've been encouraging. I've been doing all. Now there's an expectation. There's an expectation. Same with us. The same with us. You know, and we'll say it boldly. I've been saved for such and such years. Well, you sure you want to say that? You sure you want to go with them numbers? <laughs> I've been saved for 50 years. What, and you still talk like that? What presence have you been in? That's why I'm trying to tell you. We can be in the spirit, but we have to be in the spirit in Christ. Anybody can get in the spirit. You have mediums. Come on now. You have psychics. Anybody can get in the spirit. The spirit realm is wide open for all to see. But you want to be in the spirit realm in Christ. And so it's the cultivated relationship that makes an expectation for us to live a certain way. So what we have to do is practice presence. We have to practice presence. Forget everything else. We have to practice presence. When Jesus, Jesus goes and gets baptized, the Bible said the Holy Spirit rested on him. Now, why did the Holy Spirit rest on him? Maybe it rested on him because he was the word. 
Maybe it rested on him because he was the son of God. The spirit rested on him. It didn't come upon him. Everybody else, it came upon. With him, it rested. And we can say it happened because he was the word made flesh. Or because he was a son of God. When the spirit descended upon him, the Bible said that it said the, the a spirit's a voice spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased with. Now, that wasn't the first time that voice happened. It happened on the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah appeared. Peter said, let's build tabernacles for all three of them. Closed his eyes, blinked, and both of them, the law and the prophets were gone. And he said, listen to my son. But I'm willing to say this, that Jesus labored to enter into that rest. Don't you know what the Bible, the Bible says? That we're supposed to labor. We're supposed to labor. Come on, man. It's not going to be easy. Labor. We're supposed to labor. Come on. It's going to be frustrating. You know how labor is. Your back hurting. Hands hurt. You tired. He said labor to enter into that rest. Well, where would that start at? The Bible said that when Jesus was 13 years old, he was by his father's business. Now he's 30, 17 years later, the spirit descends upon him and it rests on him. And I told you, we have the audacity to want his ministry. <laughs> you got to pay the price he paid. Okay, the moment that, that this happened, after this happened, the Bible said that the spirit led him. It led him into the wilderness. It led him into the wilderness. It didn't lead him to go start a business. You know he was a carpenter. Come on now. <laughs> it didn't lead him in the area of gifted. It didn't lead him in the area of It led him in the wilderness to fast for 40 days and be tempted by Satan. All for the purpose of sin. Where's his mind at? All of this happened for a test. I'm just telling y'all this so when you start to practice presence, don't think that it's always going to take you into a joyous ride. The Bible says in his presence there's abundance of joy. Ugh. Not happiness. Not happiness. Abundance of joy. With joy comes contentment. No matter what situation, no matter what circumstance you put me through, I don't lose my joy because I got your presence. The fullness is there. And so he drives Jesus into the wilderness, watch this, to be tested. So the Bible tells us, study to show yourself approved. Why? Because there will be a what? A test. There's going to be a test. Now, the crazy thing about it is the test only comes when we allow the spirit to lead us into it. Everything you go through ain't no test. Oh, boy. Everything you go through ain't no test. Outside of his presence, that's not a test. Y'all with me? Everything that, everything that you're in, no, it ain't God ain't got nothing to do with all that. It's in his presence. When you decide that you're going to dedicate yourself to his presence, that's when the test comes because the test is coming for elevation. He's not trying to lure you into his presence to elevate you. He's trying to lure you into his presence so you can get to know him. So in him knowing you, he can say, okay, you ready for promotion. 
you're ready for promotion. So we have to practice presence. We have to practice it. Frustrated, watch this, but the thing about it is you don't want to just do this stuff when you're down and out. In your greatest times, in your victories, when you're triumphant. Thank you, Father. I was reading something yesterday in a book, and it said, if you want, it said, we miss his presence simply because we can't say thank you. We won't say thank you. We'll complain, we'll gripe, we'll bicker. We won't say thank you, even if it's bad. Thank you, Father. It's a bad situation, but I ain't lose you. <laughs> I ain't lose sonship. I didn't lose no connection to heaven. So sometimes we can't get in his presence because we just won't say thank you. Thank you. So the Bible tells us to study, to show ourselves approved. Why? Because there will be a test. There will be a test. There's going to constantly be tests. Why? Because he wants to take you to the next level. He wants you to go to the next level. Like I told you, he puts, he puts us at the table in his presence and he shows us all this is for you. I remember my wife had a dream and in the dream, an angel lured her, brought her to a room and showed her everything that belonged to her on the table. We don't have awards. We have rewards. We don't have awards. We don't have a father that only happy when we make the jump shot. We don't, we're not competing, and if we win and, and, and do better than everybody else, that's why you got to worry about everybody else. You have a reward. You don't have an award. He's not waiting for you to do better than everybody else before he say, yeah, I see you better than them. No, do you. You are at a table. You are at a table, and everything that he has for you is laid out. And all he's asking you to do is stay in my presence long enough, watch this, to mature, to receive it. And we're in and out. We're in and out. We're in and out. But that's a part of growth. That's a part of growth. There's nowhere in the Bible where it was written that Jesus would receive his ministry at 30. Well, why would it happen at 30? Scripturally speaking, if you want to do numbers, 40 was the time when change would happen. Why 30? It had nothing to do with the number. It had more to do when he was ready. Is there a scripture in the Bible? I might be wrong. Is there a scripture in the Bible that said he would die at 33? And that he would receive his ministry at 30? So he possibly could have got it at 25, but he wasn't ready. That don't mean he was in sin. He just was not ready to carry those presents to the point where when he sent them into the wilderness, the Bible said that he tempted him for 40 days. Satan just spoke to him. Satan just spoke to him. And what was his reply? It is written. What was he doing? I'm telling you what my father told me when he was raising me. It was written. He constantly told him, this is, this is my rebuttal to your conversation. My father said this. This is my rebuttal to your comments. My father said this. You better get it. It is written. That's why you have, look. Mm. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. So you have to study just to be able to think right. If this word ain't in you, you can't think. You can't pull something. The Bible said the Holy Spirit is a helper. <laughs> it will help you. <laughs> it, will, it ain't going to do it for you. It will remind you. 
Now, remind me you already know. <laughs> remind me you already know. It will counsel you. You can do it. <laughs> it will comfort you. You got this. But you're going to do the work. The Bible tells us in Luke 6 and 40, Jesus spoke like this. He said, a student would never be above the teacher, but the teacher would train the student to be as the teacher. What am I talking about here? Training. The Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4 and 7 that we should train ourselves for godliness. Practice. That's what practice is, training. Hebrews 5 and 14 talks about us training our senses. And not only this, it tells us about training our senses, but the training of our senses is supposed to be the thing that makes us mature in the area. Because in training, I'm losing my earthly senses and I'm getting all my senses from heaven, from the spirit realm, from his presence now. And that's where the adoption comes in. It's as if I've been pulled out of orphanage, but all of my senses are based on that orphanage experience. Now I have to spend adequate amount of time in his presence so I can now start thinking like a child that's in his household. When you adopt a child, you have to give them a period of time for them to lose one way of thinking and gain the way. We was and gain the, 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 the thought process of the household that they are now in. We were counseling a, uh, a couple and they brought us to us. They had two children that they had just adopted. And they did not understand for the life of them. Um, their mother was strung out on drugs. She was just doing all type of cruel things to the kid. But them kids wanted to be with their parents, wanted to be with their mother. Anyway, I can understand that bond, that maternal bond. But the guy said the, the boy would just wake up in the middle of the night, steal food and hide it. Now, he told us the specs of his house, Serena, 7,200 square feet. I know you, Shanika said, wow, you know it's a problem, right? <laughs> He's stealing food. Why is he stealing food in his own house? He hadn't been acclimated. <laughs> Watch this. Not only that, he would get up in the middle of the night and defecate in the shower. He has a need to be in the presence of somebody that can love him through that. That's what we are. And we try to, what we try to do is, instead of using the presence, we use people. And when people fall short of the love that we need, we go back to being our old person. Did y'all get that? So the Bible tells us that we are trained by discipline, that the father chastises us. And that chastisement is him training us by his discipline. And he says it don't feel good, but he says after it's all done, it produces a righteous fruit. How many of y'all know we all need a whooping from the father every now and then? I know y'all want to say it. I was talking to somebody and I was telling them that the father will whoop you. Okay, if you get out of order. And they asked me, they said, how do you know that the father has whooped you? I said, because you say, I ain't doing that no more. 
That's how you know the father didn't got hold to you because you're like, I ain't doing that no more. Y'all, come on, you know it's, uh-uh, uh My wife tell me all the time. She said, I think it was me and you talking. <laughs> My wife tell me all the time. She said she received one whooping in her life, and that was all she needed. She said that was all she needed, Chris. <laughs> I can't speak the same, all right? <laughs> I can't stay the same. But she said that was all she needed was that one whooping, and from then on out, she didn't get no more whoopings because she just did what she was supposed to do. So we're talking about practicing presence. Practicing presence. Me getting alone with my father. Matthew 6 and 6 says, and this is Jesus talking. He says, but when you pray, what is he letting us know? You're going to pray. You have to pray. Okay, in order to communicate, you have to pray. He says, but when you pray, he says, go into your private room. He says, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. This is personal. He says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, we know Jesus believed in this because Scripture lets us know that it was time that he would be our minister, and the Bible said that he would just go out and get alone. He would get to a secluded place, and the Bible said he would pray all night. I'm thinking about that movie, uh, Don't Be a Menace While Drinking Gin and Juice in the Hood, when a dude keep popping up and say, Message! <laughs> that was what was going on in my head. That's Message! You see Jesus off doing the Father's work. Then you see Jesus withdraw from the work and go pray. What? Come on now. That's our example. So he told us, he said, when you pray, go into your private room. Now, he's not just telling you to do that for the sake of doing that. He's telling you in order for you to get in that secret place, you got to shut everything off. Take off your watch. Take off your, put your phone in this whole separate room. We're talking about practicing presence because you can't carry anything that you don't practice. If you're going to carry the presence, you're going to first live there. And he said, when you get in, he said, the father will be there in secret. And in that room and in that place will be our heavenly father, an atmosphere of love. An atmosphere where we will learn how to hear him. And we're going to have a class on uh, called strategies and because I want to give you guys some prayer strategies. Uh, one of the prayer strategies that I use is I'll create, I'll do acronyms or I'll do a template. And one acronym I do is the word rich. And so I'll take the R, the I, the C, the H, and I'll sometimes I'll just, you know, Father, reveal yourself. Intercede. Counsel us. Help us, Father. And I'll just, I'll just go off of that acronym. And I'll just pray off of that acronym. I'm just giving you strategies to do in a secret place to help you in prayer. Okay, I'll ask him to reveal things. I'll ask him to intercede about things. I'll ask for his integrity. I'll ask for him to counsel me. I'll cast things off on him. I'll cast things down. I'll ask for his healing. I'll ask him to make me whole. Or I'll create prayer templates in which I'll go from praying in tongues to a, a, a conversation with him as my father. 
in which I go grab and then when I start off my prayers I'll start off with a, conver- a relational conversation Father, you are wonderful. You are great. You are amazing. You are awesome. You are kind. You are gentle. There is no father like you in heaven or on earth. Father, I thank you. And from that relational conversation, I'll go into worship. Father, teach me, lead me, guide me, instruct me. Father, I want to be like you in every way, shape, and form. Now, I'm giving y'all the uh, uh, shortened version of it. Then from there, I'll go to to the kingdom prayers. Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come to every household, neighborhood, city, state, county, country, continent, worldwide. Let your kingdom come to our government, to our police department. Let it come to our neighborhoods. You got to create templates. I'm I'm teaching you how to practice presence because we don't want to just get in a secret place and just sit there. And then from, from there, I'll go to asking for daily bread. And then after asking for daily bread, I'll go back into tongues. Now, that's one method or one strategy. The other thing you can do is you can get in his presence and just meditate on the word. Meditate on some of the prophetic promises that he has promised you. Take one word and just meditate on glory and what that is. Do a research on what glory is. Find the scriptures. Do a definition of what glory means. Get in his presence and just meditate on it. Or get into his presence and confess. Get the scriptures that you need in in the various areas of your life. It could be finances. It could be healing. It could be deliverance. It could be your marriage. It could be a certain thing that's going on. It could be lust. The, the reason why most believers cannot get rid of lust is because of this. They don't know what it does to their soul. So if you take that word and you study and you find out what happens in the spirit realm when I do this. I had a family member who was, a, 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 he was in a homosexual lifestyle. And he called me and said he had a dream that demons had him pinned upside down, throwing knives at him. He asked me what I mean. I said, that, that's, they showing you what they're doing with your soul. They're showing you what they're doing with your soul. I had a conversation uh, uh, with a guy one day, and he had some sexual things going on, and I had to tell him that you you are a father, you have kids, you have a wife, and that you are the root to that tree. And whatever is in the root, is in the vine, is in the branches. The next thing came out of his mouth, he said, that's why my daughter walking around having sex with everybody. Sometimes if you don't know, you will continue doing the thing. You need to know what is happening in the spirit realm. That's why I'm telling you, you have to create, you have to increase your spiritual intelligence. You're killing your own destiny. We kill our own destiny because we don't know what those actions are doing. That's why you have to get in a secret place. You have to study. When you study, you should feel presence. That is a part of practicing presence. It's studying. That's why the Bible says study to show yourself approved. Watch this. Study to be quiet. So you get in his presence and you confess. You do affirmations. All this is soul work. 
The next one is this, Colossians 3 and 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Reading anointed material. Spending your time. Cut the TV off until you feel like you're anointed. And just read anointed material. Listen to podcasts. I got a good one for you, Divine Generation Church. Okay. Listen to podcasts, videos of anointed content, especially if you're called to a specific area. But another thing, but look what it says. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, which means that if the word is going to live there, you got to spend time in it. Amen. It says, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. You know, one of the easiest ways to bring about his presence, get you about five or six worship songs. Your favorite worship songs that speak to your soul. I love the ones that that, that at least 10 minutes. You get about six of them boys and you just go, that's, that's an hour. That's an hour. We have no business being depressed, oppressed. Amen? And the only reason we are is because we're not spending time in his presence. So get about five, 10, 15 worship songs, depending on how you feeling. Or get you a list. I have a list of, of worship songs, and I'm not going to lie to you, it lasts three days. Okay, I got of instrumentals and work. I got a list that lasts three days. Put them songs on until you feel better. Don't turn them off. Don't move. Stay there till there's some change in your mind, till there's some change in your heart, until you can hear your heavenly father. Stay there. That's how you practice presence. Don't go in. It ain't working. What? This stuff works. It works. 100%. It does not fail. Matter of fact, if it's not working, you broke. If you don't think it's working, it's because you broke. (laughs) It's your thought process. This stuff works 100% of the time. Get you about 5, 10, 15 songs, even before you come to church. You should have 5, 10, 15 songs on just playing because you have to live there. In his presence is is the fullness of joy, abundance of joy. Why would I not want to be there? Because you have to always think if in his presence is there, there's an abundance of joy, then that means out of his presence, there's an abundance of sorrow. The next scripture is John 4 and 23. It says, but an hour is coming And is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. So my last one is true worshiper. 
I gave you guys the acronym, TRIP. Who, wants, who want to recite and tell me what it means? Oh. Come on, y'all got to get loud. Y'all whispering? Teach, remove, impart, and praise. Because I told this is true worship. This ain't just worship. This ain't Old Testament worship where you come before God and just tell him, Lord, you are great. You are, no, this isn't that. This is the worship where he is your father and this worship needs to develop you. Okay, you don't get better by telling him how great he is. Oh boy. Did I hit somebody in the religious stomach? You don't get better by telling him that. So you got to come before him. Father, teach me how to love. Father, remove everything that is hindering me for love. Father, I give you permission to impart your love. And then you praise him that you are walking in love. Now, that's very shallow. You can go deep, look into your soul, see what your issues are. Write them down on paper and go deep into prayer. Get in the secret place. Father, teach me how to be a man. Teach me how to be a father. Teach me because I'm doing such and such, such and such, such and such wrong. And you get there because this is the time where you're sitting before your heavenly father. We're in his presence. We're in a secret place. This is where the development is done. We're in his household. We're right there. Teach me, father, because I don't know. And watch this. Even if you do know, he can make it better. So you need to go there anyway. Then you go, Father, remove, and then you just look at all the nasty things about you that you don't like. The things that you find in the Word, you know, when you read, and you be like, ooh, that's me. Y'all know what I'm talking about, unless you ain't reading. You ever been looking in the Bible, you're like, ooh, I just did that yesterday. I listened to a, a leadership class, and he made a comment about something that leaders shouldn't do. And I looked at my wife, I said, I just did that. I think I just did that. I just did that. What's my next step? Father, teach me. Father, remove the pride, the envy, the strife, the malice, the deceit. Remove these things from my heart. Remove these things from my environment. And then everybody like the I is Father, impart. Why? Because the Bible says that his ways are far from ours. And his thoughts are far from ours, far as heaven is from earth. So I'm asking you, Father, impart your love, your kindness, your gentleness. I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I've been trying it. It ain't working. So I need you to impart all of your ways into me. And you can do that for hours. You can do that for hours, not running out your nose, because this is real. You, you, if you could see your destiny, you would change immediately. If you could see, if, if you could get an accurate vision of your destiny, you would abandon everything that's not promoting and pushing you there. And then that last P is praise, because you should always end worship with an understanding that I'm like him. He said the father's looking for true worshipers. He ain't looking for worshipers. He's looking for true worshipers. That word true means that you're not fictitious. It means that you're just like him. It means that you not only resemble him in likeness, but also in name. This is the type of worship he's looking for. 
This is the worship where you enter in and you come out developed. So you always have to end your worship. Father, I thank you that I am your son. I am your daughter. I am your child. I am your seed. I am part of your descendant. I thank you, Father, that I am light. Come on. He said, I am salt. I am your righteousness. I thank you, Father, that I am a king, that I am royalty, that I am a chosen generation. I'm a part of your special people. I'm part of a holy nation. You have to pray. That's, that's when the scriptures talk about the praise of his glory. He's looking at what he's made, but it's so many scriptures in the Bible that says, you are. You are. Come on now. You are. It's just constantly telling you, you are. You are. You are. What is it waiting on? You to say, I am. I am. I am. That's all he's waiting on for you to say, I am. Come into agreement with I am. You are the righteousness of God. Okay, how do I bring that back to him? I am the righteousness of God. I am light. I am salt. You have to bring it back to him. That's how you praise. You ain't sitting up here clapping songs to Jesus. I hate I had to say that. I hate I had to say that. Jesus is the mediator between man and God. After the mediation is over with, the relationship is between us and the Father now. Fine. If I'm wrong, look, this is what I need y'all to do. Because I could be wrong, right? Yes, I could be wrong. Find me scriptures in the Bible that tell us to have a relationship with Jesus. Send them to me. Help me. I haven't found them. And I'm seeing Jesus tell us to worship the Father. I'm seeing Jesus tell us to pray to the Father. I'm seeing Jesus tell us that the Father is going to be the one that reward us. I'm seeing Jesus push us off of him. Go about your business. Talk to your Father. I'm seeing the Bible tells us that we are joint heirs. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Where we seated at? With him. So the relationship is not between us and Jesus, it's between us and the Father. This is why we tell y'all to practice righteousness. This is practice and presence. Practice righteousness, practice presence. Fast, pray, give, word time, fellowship. What I t if you practice these, you can't miss your destiny. To the degree that you're failing, you're not practicing one. You're missing one. It's just five of them. To the degree that any area you're failing is because of what you're not practicing. Now, my last statement to you guys is this. Whatever you do, do it with confidence. Okay, whatever you do, do it with boldness. Ephesians 3 and 12 says we have boldness and confident access through faith. Which means when we come before him, we shouldn't be coming before him like we just left an orphanage. Uh, uh, Father, uh, 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 I don't know, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you. No, he said we have boldness and confident access through faith.
long as we understand that relationship, he said we have a boldness and confident access. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, approach his throne of grace with boldness. You got to approach him like you, like you belong there. His throne represents presence. Am I right? Ain't that what the throne room is? It's about presence. He said, approach it with boldness. I was in prayer, and the father told me, he said, you're getting timid. He said, you're getting passive. He said, and you're doing it because people leaving the church. He said, they ain't got nothing to do with you. He said, he said, I can't use you like that. I can't use you like that. If you're not going to be bold and you're not going to have confidence, I can't use you. I can't use you scared. I can't use you frightened. That's why I tell you, don't fear. I have not, I have not given you the spirit of fear. I, not have given you a, I did not give you a spirit of bondage. So whatever you do, do it with boldness. Whether it's pray, whether it's prophesy, whether it's teaching, whether we're talking about healing, whether we're talking about deliverance, he said, whatever you do, do it with boldness. Do it like you know I'm going to answer you. Do it like you know I, even if you're wrong, even if you didn't hear him, do it with boldness, unless it's sin, okay? I mean, I mean clarify that because somebody, do it with boldness. Amen? Amen? And before I sit down, I just want to give you this. Bring, give my last slide. So, say so this is simple advice. If you want the glory, find out what brings it and live there. Live in the glory zone. Live in the place that pleases Abba. Find out what brings the glory and maximize it. Find out what pleases Abba and do it. Find out what Abba does not like and avoid it. Said these are basic yet profound nuggets of wisdom. That's the discipline. That's the discipline. Right there. Practice presence. Once you found out, oh, this is what excites the spirit. That's why you hit me more, Father. Give me, I find, when I do that, he comes. When I say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, rest on me. I feel that. When I say, Father, I want more of you. I need more of you. I'll get up in the morning. You should do it for out. Do it till you feel it. Find out what. Find out what brings the presence, and practice it. Finds out what 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 sustains the presence and live there. That's our discipline. We were created to carry that presence. Amen.